Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Yo, yo, yo. I will get to those stats later this hour. Mark Thiessen put together for his opinion piece in the Washington Post today about how incredibly unlikely it is that you get sick at all. And certainly how unlikely that you die from COVID if you've been vaccinated. How unlikely it is that your kids could possibly get it and die. I mean, it's just, it's like uh, getting struck by lightning while you hold a winning lottery ticket in your hand. Unlikely. But uh, we'll get to that a little bit later. But joining the Armstrong and Getty Show right now is a friend of the show, Mike Slater. You listen to him every day, noon to three on AM 760 in San Diego. If you're not in San Diego, uh, whether you know him or not, I don't know. Maybe you catch him on... What is this thing, Mike? The first? The first online TV networks on Pluto, Roku, Apple TV, everything, all streaming networks. So I'm looking at the publicity photo that they got here, and they got Buck Sexton on there, Dana Loesch, Bill O'Reilly, Jesse Kelly, and you. You're the only one that's smiling. Everybody else went with kind of a mysterious, grimace sort of thing, and you smiled. Well, they know. put me on the end, too. It's like, it's like that uh, debate where Trump said, look at you, Jeb, look at you. You used to be in the middle, and now you're falling <laughs> off the edge. <laughs> right. All right. That's me, barely on the scene. <laughs> hey, did you have you ever had Josh Rogan on from the Washington Post? Uh, no. Is he the one who did that story that you're going to talk about in a little bit? Uh, no. He, uh, we, I just did like 20 minutes with him. He's the oh, no. best guy out there on sticking it to China over this whole COVID origin thing. Mm. He is so freaking good. So, and, and his main point was that, hey, uh, most of the scientists I talked to last week say Rand Paul's right, and Anthony, uh, Anthony Fauci is kind of doing a whole definition of what is is thing to try to keep himself out of trouble. Yeah, so good. We've been talking a lot on the show, and I think conservatives really, really need to understand the depths and reach of China's desire for global domination and how they're doing it with the Belt and Road Initiative and how they're doing it even socially, um, soft power through TikTok and other propaganda means throughout the world. It's insidious, and no one's paying attention to it. Well, this is my gift to you, Josh Rogan, because he is Beautiful. so good on all that stuff. And he's, he's absolutely fantastic. And we were just talking about, so the uh, WHO has got this COVAX initiative where they're trying to get vaccines to people all around the world. China is doing zip on it, and we're doing everything. And I just wish the Biden administration would do a better job, of, and, and the media would do a better job of recognizing how we're such the good guys in so many stories, and China is yeah. such the bad guys. So in this COVAX thing that everybody in the world is supposed to be donating to, China has donated zero dollars and zero shots, where we have donated four billion dollars, already 55 million shots, and have pledged 500 million more. Amazing. It is absolutely But amazing. the WHO, exactly what we're talking about, they licked the boots of China the whole time they've been doing China's bidding, and that's China's goal, is to take over all these global institutions, whether it's the WHO, uh, the UN, uh, internet, like global internet uh, advisory boards, they are doing it with Chinese values and not American values. Jack, can I tell you one real quick thing about masks? I heard you sure. talking about it a second ago. Absolutely. Um, the drama in the Slater home is... Uh, my daughter, three and a half years old. God, she's three and a half now? Yeah, isn't that crazy? Wow. She's so stinking cute. Oh, it's yeah. Adorable. I believe like f- around four is the perfect age for children. Mm. Now, I, I will I will babysit a four-year-old any, anywhere, <laughs> in America, anywhere in the world. You want me to come babysit your four-year-old? So freaking cute. Oh, yeah, old enough to talk to. Ah, just yep. fantastic. Like self-sustainable yep. enough. Yep. You don't yep. have to change diapers. That thing. So she's been looking forward to months, months to go to ballet. Months. 
We finally got her in one. So all week, she's been excited to go to her first ballet lesson. Literally this morning, Jack, she wakes up. The first thing she says to me is, how many more sleeps? Right? <laughs> how many more naps? Like, how many more sleeps do I right. have until ballet? Like, yeah. was it now or is it after nap? Right. Oh, honey, it's after your nap. It's going to be so great. Last night, we got an email saying all kids are required to wear masks. So we have to mask our three-and-a-half-year-old daughter uh, which I find to be a monstrous imposition on anyone, let alone on a child, for all the reasons that every single person listening to your show now knows, uh, in order for our daughter to participate in ballet. And I don't know what we're going to do, because I'm not going to break my little daughter's heart and tell her she can't go today. And now i got to strap her up like she's some leper. <laughs> strap her up like a leper. You hate to do that. <laughs> so that's the drama today. Um, I got to see. I got the numbers right here. Since you brought it up, this is from Mark Thiessen in the in the Washington Post, but he is actually just going with uh, Johns Hopkins studies. So there have been six hundred thousand deaths in America, as we all know, of COVID. The number of uh, people under eighteen three hundred and thirty five. How many of those had cancer or something? And right, and they have no idea at the CDC whether they had, uh, you know, a, a, a comorbidity or anything like that at this point, whether they died because of COVID or uh, with COVID. And, but 330, even if it was straight out COVID, 335 out of 600,000 is such a nothing. It's unbelievable that we're, we were acting the way we are. Anyway, um, you were a swimmer, were you not? Yes, in college. At a, all the way at a pretty high level. Uh, yeah, how much do you want me to brag? Uh, you, well, I want to, I, I, the truth is not bragging. You know, what? just, uh, if you're, uh, if you're NCAA level swimmer, you're a good swimmer. When I was 12, I swam next to Michael Phelps. How about that? Okay, that's what I was there. That's my claim to fame in the pool. And, uh, and you're good enough to actually do it in college. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have some insight on this whole mental breakdown of Simone Biles? What's what's your take on that? Yeah, you never leave your team behind. You don't quit. How about that for my mental... Like, any human being can recognize whether you're a D1 athlete or you do the elliptical at the gym once every year. You don't quit. You keep going. Uh, now, I want to be very clear. I don't care about women's gymnastics at all. That's one of the common criticisms. It's like, oh, Senator, why are you making such a big deal about this? I don't care about women's gymnastics. What this says about our country today and our culture mm. today and where we're going says a lot, and this is what matters, because people are celebrating the fact that she quit. Yeah, so I'm looking at the two articles in the USA Today today. Um, uh, The headline at the top is, I have to do what's right for me. And then there are two different articles underneath. Some things are more valuable than gold. And uh, and how she did something so special for all of us. And then the article (laughs) is, it's brave and simply human to protect themselves. You have made us so proud. No! I'm I'm just thinking if Tom Brady quit during the halftime of the Super Bowl and said, everybody said I was the greatest and the pressure got to me, I don't think this is the reaction it would be. So I just think the it's interesting how we're treating a woman versus a man Mm, during during this this period of time where women and men are supposed to be the same. Oh, great point. I love this in the week. The headline is, Simone Biles' withdrawal is more impressive than winning. <laughs> You're like, wow. no. What? Like, no, that's definitely not more impressive. Hoda, who's like the Today Show host, and she's like the gymnastics liaison for NBC or whatever, she sent out this blowhardy tweet about how you've already won, Simone. And it's like, no, you have definitely not already won. In no, no stretch of the imagination did you already win. You quit. Your team, by definition, lost and you let your country down. I mean, listen, it's the Olympics. I don't really care. It's women's gender, whatever. But this is the, you don't 
quit. I don't know why we're even, this is ridiculous that people are like, oh, you know, you're such a hero. If you do a Twitter search for Simone Biles and the word redefine, you have all these people writing, oh, Simone, thank you for redefining what it means to be a champion. Oh, boy. Thank you for <laughs> redefining, oh, boy. redefining a- strength and success and what it means to be a teammate. And I don't want to live in a country where losing is success, quitting is winning, right? Uh, b- uh, betraying your team is being a good teammate. Weakness is strength, and that's where we are today. That's why this matters. And, you know, back to my men versus women th- mm. theory on this is how they handle it. I think if Michael Phelps had quit and said, you know, the pressure of being the greatest and being all the ads had gotten to me, I think all the stories would be about what a head case he is. Yeah. And not, and not about what a champion he is. Well, especially if he did it behind the blocks right before he was about to jump into the pool, right? It'd be one thing if, if Simone, two months ago, Said, you know what? I can't take it. I got the yips, and um, you know, I just I don't want to. It's dangerous or whatever. We'd be like, oh, lame, but okay. At least you get someone else a chance. But to do it in the middle of the competition, uh, that's pathetic, and we should not be celebrating it at all. It, it should be defined as one of the greatest fall from graces. I can't in sports history. I can't think of a single instance of any other Olympic athlete ever quitting. Except for a, a, a physical injury. But even then, you don't quit. Remember Carrie Shrug, oh, yeah. 1996? Yeah. She broke her ankle, continued to do the vault. Landed There's, on one foot, won the gold medal. Totally. Like, we love that, of course. In, innate in us, we love the overcoming. But that's our culture today, victimhood. We, we used uh, to celebrate overcoming obstacles, and now we celebrate not overcoming ooh, obstacles. That's, I, that's hurting me. That's hurting me. Yeah, I can't even is the, the expression. To, I can't even. And she couldn't even, and we're supposed to celebrate that, and I can't be a part of that. That's an interesting point. I uh, text line. What do you think of that? Four one five two nine five KFTC. Um. So when like when you're at the height of your taking swimming seriously, like how many hours a day or week or whatever would you practice? Oh, uh, t- uh four, three or four hours in the pool every day. Two in the morning, two at night. Yeah. Four hours a day. Yeah, we'd swim. We'd probably swim twelve to fifteen thousand yards. So that's ten thousand yards is seven miles a day. Oh my god. Yeah, you just That's swim all the time. Incredible. And I, I was D1, but I wasn't, you know, I wasn't these guys. Like these guys, it's extremely difficult. There was actually a little vignette they played before, um, she competed and she looked very sad and she was talking about how she's old and injuries are hard and it's difficult. And my wife and I both saw it, looked at each other and were like, Oh, this is like, she's not in a good headspace. There's no doubt about yeah. that. And what these people have to do. But if you're going to do it, you do it to be the best. It's a high cost. It's a cost that most people aren't willing to spend. And I would advise most people not to do, actually. I don't know if you want to be the best in the world at a thing. No, I, I yeah, absolutely. So if Joe was here, he'd tell this to one of his favorite stories. And I forget who said it. It's, um, somebody said to a, a great piano player, one of the greatest of all time. And I don't remember who it was, but I'd give my life to play the piano like that. And he said, I did. Um, oh, wow. And, you know, that's very, very true. If, if, you pick a sport, musical instrument, or whatever. Do I want to put in the time in my entire life to be as good as them? I actually don't. <laughs> no. I really actually don't. Even if I had the talent to do it, I actually don't. No, nope, you give up your family, right? Yeah, and it, it, it's just even do money, right? Do you want to be the richest? Do you want to be super, super rich? Well, you're working 100 hours a week, mm-hmm. and your kids hate you. So congratulations, you have a nice car. Yeah. <laughs> Like, it's not worth it. Totally not worth the cost at all. Tiger Woods, right? Tiger Woods, best in the world. His dad his dad and him had a safe word. The, it was uh, enough. If you said the word enough, Tiger, because his dad was so abusive, uh, emotionally abusive to him, that if Tiger Woods ever said the E word, they called it the E word, that was the safe word to knock it off. 
and he never used it. And his dad and him had a horrific relationship, even wow. though it's portrayed as a as a great father son relationship. Um, and then he, you know, you, you know the rest. Everyone knows the rest of the story. Like he's found almost dead all the time in his car, yeah, from all the pills and everything. But <laughs> you want to be the best golfer in the world? Like, no, I'd rather be as good at Jack at the go- at golf. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. Especially we always talk about that with the spelling bee. Would I trade yeah. my summers as a kid to be the national? Not even close. Yeah, that's interesting. Now listen. If you're going to do it, you do it to the end. That's the other thing, right? So if you're going to be Simone Biles and you make the choice to take a spot away from another girl on the team and to take the weight of the country on your shoulders and all that stuff, you do it. You do it, and we will cheer you on. You don't quit. Now, if she fell or, or failed or missed or slipped or whatever, we would still lift her up as like, ah, oh, bummer, like you didn't do it, but it's okay. You tried. We can't live in a country where we celebrate people who don't even try. Hey, uh, Mike Slater, I know you got to prepare for your noon to three show, but could could I? T- I got a question. Uh, could I ask you on the other side of the commercial? Yeah, break? of course, of course. Cool. Of course. Uh, he'll course. stick around. I want to talk to him a little bit about the January sixth hearings because I know yeah. he's got some strong uh, feelings on that. All on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So in San Diego, you know him, Mike Slater. He's on noon to three on AM seven sixty nationally. Uh, you catch him on TV. I see you popping up on shows now and then. Where else do we catch you, Mike Slater? Um, my website's mikeslater.locals.com because I try not to be on the socials too much. But gotcha. Yeah, that that's one interesting thing about the Simone Biles thing is is how much of it was the social media that got in her head. And I can't believe her coaches even let her look at social uh, media. Let me go one step further. This is my, my we'll go one deeper. Uh, Naomi Osaka, you familiar with her? Yep. The tennis player? Yeah. So she's all into this like whole mental health thing, and she dropped out of one of the tennis Grand Slam French tournaments. Open, yep. There you go, right? Because she didn't want to do the media. And I kind of defended her, because I think those media post-match press conferences are really stupid and pointless. So I defended her for that. But then she keeps dropping out of stuff because her mental health. Apparently, Simone Biles, this is the New York Times, Simone Biles watched a documentary that Osaka did on mental health. And I think that knocked her out. I think that messed with her brain. And she's like, she like identified with Osaka too much and became a quitter. I thought, so I blame her coaches for letting her get anywhere near social media, as you said, and also near Osaka. She's a virus. Osaka's a virus. You got to stay six feet away. <laughs> so, uh, at all times. Mike Slater, who likes to criticize young women on the line with us. <laughs> That's obviously um, <laughs> a, abuse victim. That's the one I get too. Like, don't you know she was a victim of sexual abuse? It's like, okay, like, did she forget that until she was right behind the vault or something? She just remembered that she was. That's what took her out. Give me a break. So, what's your hot take on the January 6th hearing? Uh, okay, I got a hot take and I got a conspiracy theory. Which are you interested in? Uh, both. Uh, let's do conspiracy theory. I thought I was red-pilled, and then I read the story about the governor of Michigan, uh, the the kidnapping plot, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and how there's this whole plot, and everyone makes a movie up in their head about how, how she was kidnapped and going to be kidnapped, like it's some like Nick Cage movie or something, right? And there were, it turns out there were 12 FBI informants for, for six arrests. So it's like somewhere much closer to 12 FBI informants and some guy who just wanted free pizza in a, like a giant <laughs> entrapment setup, right? So it's like, oh, well, hold on. If the left wants to paint, a, a draw a direct line from the kidnapping plot of Governor Whitmer to the riot, the insurrection on January 6th, okay, let's draw it. How many FBI informants were there? How many FBI informants were at the January 6th riot? Uh, that, that'd be a good thing, and I wonder if that'll come out of that hearing or not. <laughs> Probably no not. 
No chance. Uh, you know Sorry, that's my that's my conspiracy theory take. I'm I'm going deep into that with Glenn Greenwald. Well, what I was hoping for earlier, I wish we could have, uh, and it would take the right makeup of the committee, and neither the Republicans or the Democrats want to do it. But I wish we could get up there and have some uh, sort of a kumbaya. Say, hey, how about we all agree? Antifa doesn't beat police, BLM doesn't beat police, and uh, and whoever those guys were at the Capitol don't beat police. We just don't beat police. And like, can we all agree on that? No. Just, just to have one point of agreement. No, I can't do it, because this has to be used as a manipulative tool to make every one of your listeners, Jack, uh, a insurrectionist. And i I, I got to get people to see that, to them, you are an insurrectionist. You are a domestic terrorist. You are a white supremacist. If you own, do you own a gun? You're a right-wing militia member. Whenever they talk about domestic terrorists being the biggest threat to the American homeland, they're talking about you. So it's getting to be kind of like the whole uh, white thing or institutional racism. So yeah. we're, we're all... Oh, it's insidious. It's everywhere. You're, you're a white right-wing militia member in waiting. You're, you're, ready, you're just ready to erupt at any moment. Uh, so we need to crack down on you before it becomes uh, a problem, before there's an outbreak. Um, that's how that always goes. Hey, we got 20 seconds. Plug another thing, because since you're uh, kind enough to come on. Uh, uh, Slater Radio on Twitter, MikeSlater.Locals.com. And, how about your uh, book? Oh, yeah, How to Change Someone's Mind, and Imagine Jack and the History Kids is my kid's book. It's awesome. Imagine mm-hmm. Jack and the History Kids. That is a cool book for your kids. Mike, I really appreciate you coming on today. You're a good man, Jack. Thank you, bro. It was nice of you. Yeah, he was a Division One swimmer, so he would know something he's talking about, about competing at a high level. Uh, more on the way. Text line 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. That's a little girl who was watching a woman weightlifter. We think it was a woman weightlifter. I don't know. The rules are different now. But anyway, this little girl was watching a woman weightlifter in the Olympics. You're really strong. You can do it. There you go. Little encouragement from a little girl. Very cute. Uh, so masks are back. 75 days after they told us, if you get vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask. The very same people said, even though you're vaccinated, you got to wear a mask. So I got a couple of things that I want to hit you with on that. Tim Carney, friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show. We might have him on tomorrow. He just uh, tweeted out, I violated CDC guidelines this morning by eating leftover chicken that I hadn't reheated. You see, health authorities will always be single-minded and err on the side of caution, and a free people ought to weigh the official guidance against other considerations. That's something I've been talking about. The CDC recommends all kinds of things that we ignore and always have. Do you know the CDC recommends that you don't, like, don't drink more than four ounces of alcohol a day or something like that? We ignore that. The CDC recommends that you exercise for like a half hour a day. Practically everybody ignores that. But when they come out and say, we recommend you wear a mask, we act like, well, we guess we better wear a mask then. On the other ones, we decided, yeah, maybe that would be a good idea, but I'm not going to. But for some reason around COVID, the CDC recommendations carry so much more weight, and I'm not exactly sure of that. Um, here's a little bit uh, of why it's so confusing. Peter Ducey of Fox in the uh, 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 press room asking about the masks and Joe Biden. Why did the president say 
If you've been fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. Let me repeat. Let me repeat. If you are fully vaccinated, you no longer need to wear a mask. That was a week ago tomorrow. Not even a full week after the president said, I repeat, if you're vaccinated, you do not need to wear a mask. How bad is the communication between the Oval Office and the CDC and the various scientists on this? That that six days ago, you would say as president, I repeat, and now you're saying, now nah, you got to wear a mask. I, that, that, whether you think it's the right decision or the wrong decision, you've got to admit, that's some pretty bad messaging. That's going to give people a lack of confidence in their government when they flip-flop that fast, whether you agree with it or not. Now, I think it's stupid that we have to wear a mask. Um, no, we got a text a little bit ago from somebody. Don't you understand that you can carry the virus in your nostrils? Okay. Well, let me read from the Morning Dispatch, which is a news organization we uh, highly trust around here. Um, CDC Director Walensky justified the about face by referencing information. In, they put that in quotes. Uh, she said information. She didn't say proof or anything like that. She just said information yesterday, indicating that in rare occasions... Some vaccinated people infected with the Delta variant after being vaccinated may be contagious and could spread the virus to others. An anonymous administration official, however, told them, the dispatch is reporting, that public health officials don't actually have studies proving that fully vaccinated people are transmitting the virus. They have studies showing that fully vaccinated people who come down with the Delta variant may infect others because they have a higher amount of virus in their noses and throats. So they've extrapolated May, and we have some information that it could happen to, I heard Dr. Fauci this morning saying people need to understand that vaccinated people do carry the, the virus and are, um, and are infecting other people. He extrapolated that a long way. He went a lot further. Dr. Fauci did, the scientist, went a lot further than the scientists, the science actually seems to show for whatever reason, because he's concerned that, uh, anybody ever get COVID for any reason. Now, getting to the danger of, of actually getting the COVID. Keeping in mind that all of this is about us vaccinated people protecting the unvaccinated. Because if you're vaccinated, you're fine. Uh, the only reason you would wear a mask is to keep somebody who's unvaccinated in the room from getting the COVID. How concerned are you about unvaccinated people? I'm not that concerned about unvaccinated people. I don't know if that makes me a bad guy or not, but... There's plenty of vaccine around, and you can get a shot anywhere, and you've clearly made a decision not to get it, and fine. I, I'm i cool with that. You get to make that decision, but uh, uh, I don't know why I have to wear a mask. So um, I'm reading from a piece in the Washington Post today. It's actually Mark Thiessen. Hold on, let me get into my right notes. It's actually Mark Thiessen writing an opinion piece on how likely it is that you could uh, die from this. Vaccinated Americans are more likely to die from a lightning strike than COVID. Don't bring back the restrictions. This is absurd, Mark writes. While it is tragic that some unvaccinated Americans are suffering, for the vaccinated, the pandemic is over. The rise in COVID-19 cases among the unvaccinated poses no serious threat to those who have been immunized. The data is a clear... According to the CDC, as of July 19th, a grand total of 4,072 vaccinated Americans had been hospitalized with symptomatic breakthrough infections. Out of more than 161 million who have been fully vaccinated. So hit you with those numbers again. 161 million people have been fully vaccinated. A little over 4,000 
have been hospitalized with breakthrough infections. That is, they got COVID after being vaccinated. So that's a uh, a breakthrough hospitalization rate of less than point zero zero three. Better still, of those hospitalized, only 849 people have died of COVID. That means the death rate from those bre- breakthrough infections is point zero 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 five. To put that in perspective, your chance of dying from a lightning strike is point zero 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 seven. So significantly more. <laughs> mathematically, significantly more likely you die from a lightning strike than die from COVID if you've been vaccinated. And your chance of dying from the seasonal flu is actually 0.1%. I mean, so if you're the sort of person that's going to wear a mask with a 0.0005 chance of dying from the COVID, well, then you've got to wear a mask every flu season because it's not even close. I mean, it's way more deadly. It's like Ebola compared to, uh, to the COVID. If you're vaccinated, you have a much greater chance of dying from a hornet sting, a wasp or bee sting, a dog attack, a car crash, a drowning, sunstroke, or choking on food than you do of dying from COVID-19. Now we can make that number even less if you'd like. The vast majority of those who do become seriously ill from breakthrough infections are older and have underlying conditions. According to the Minnesota Department of Health, the median age of those hospitalized with breakthrough infections is 74. Are you 74? Most of you listening, and some of you are. My parents are. Uh, But if you're younger than that, you're even more safe than the numbers I was talking about earlier. An Israeli study of patients hospitalized with breakthrough infections found that only 4% had no comorbidities. The rest had pre-existing illnesses such as cancer or congestive heart failure or something like that. So what that means is, if you're an otherwise healthy vaccinated person, or you have natural immunity because you've had the infection, if you're under 74 and you're otherwise healthy, the chance of dying from COVID is very, very close to zero. All right? So what are we doing with putting these masks back on? It would seem that it's entirely to protect those who've made the decision not to get the vaccination. So now have we just given up on convincing the unvaccinated to get vaccinated? First of all, um, I'm fine with you making that decision. Uh, but, but secondly, you've removed the carrot. So there's a carrot and stick approach to everything, right? The stick for getting vaccinated was you might get sick, you might die. Those that have chosen not to get vaccinated, clearly are not motivated by the stick. The only carrot out there was you don't have to wear a mask anymore and you get to go back to your regular life. Well, you've just removed the carrot by telling all of us that whether you get vaccinated or not, you have to wear a mask. So now there is no incentive for the unvaccinated to get a vaccination. Good plan. I I don't understand how they think this is going to turn out. This is one of the crazier things coming from such a high level that I can ever remember in terms of messaging. The president doing a 180 in six days on this whole mask thing. Uh, the county I live in, by the way, is now the second county in America to make masks mandatory indoors, even if you're vaccinated. It makes no sense from a scientific standpoint. Uh, but anyway, that's what's happening. That's where we are. Text line 415 295 KFTC. Nancy Pelosi was just asked a very weird question about Kevin McCarthy, and I haven't heard her answer yet. She was asked, do you think Kevin McCarthy is a moron or an idiot? One of those two. (laughs) And you'll hear the question and answer when we come back. Armstrong and Getty. 
The Armstrong and Getty Show. That guesses about it for now. No questions? No. Uh, to clarify something from earlier, um, is Kevin McCarthy a moron, and if so, why? Uh, I, I said earlier in my comments, science, 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 and science. On almost every subject that you can name, science is the answer. Whether it's the climate crisis, whether it's a health crisis, whether it's our preeminence, in the world and technology, science, 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 science. Uh, to say uh, that wearing a mask is not based on science, I think, is, is not wise. And that was my comment. Okay. Was there any follow-up on that? Does anybody know? Because a, the, a good follow-up would be, like, uh, how much did the science change from uh, past Thursday when Joe Biden, the president, said, if you're vaccinated, you don't need to wear a mask? Was there a, a significant scientific discovery now from the reporting i just read from the dispatch no there is not there are there are no scientific discoveries that have happened in the last six days that would lead you to believe that we now need to wear a mask indoors so what's going on there but the media like a lot of america just likes a fight so she called mccarthy a moron here let me read the story this is from this is the way cnn is reporting it which you know how accurate is that i don't know House Speaker Nancy Pelosi called House Minority Leader Kevin McCarthy a moron after being asked by a reporter about his criticism of the Capitol's physician mand- uh, the physician's mask mandate in the House, another sign of the souring relationship between the two House Party leaders. He's such a moron, Pelosi said while getting into her SUV outside the Capitol when asked about the House Minority Leader. <laughs> Uh, The insult came in response to McCarthy's criticism in a tweet of the new mask mandates in which he said, make no mistake, the threat of bringing back masks is not a decision based on science, but a decision conjured up by liberal government officials who want to continue to live in a perpetual pandemic state. Um, Well, if she's so bright, McCarthy said, I'd like to know where the science changes in the Capitol between the House and the Senate, he said, referring to the different rules regarding masks between the two chambers. That's a pretty good question. So the Senate doesn't think you need to wear a mask if you're vaccinated, but the House does. And so one of them is a group full of morons or something. I don't know what that is. Yesterday, uh, in the middle of speaking to the press, Vice President Kamala Harris uh, got word in her ear that the CDC had changed the guidelines and that you now needed to wear a mask indoors even if you're vaccinated. So she put on her mask there in front of the reporters and told all the reporters to put on their masks. The science is, if you're vaccinated, the chance of getting uh, COVID and ending up in the hospital or dead is almost nothing. So even if another vaccinated person could spread it to you when you're vaccinated, the chance of you getting sick and dying is very, very close to zero. Uh, actually, if you're under 65 and healthy, it practically is zero. It's close enough to zero to call it, cause it zero. The only person you could possibly be protecting is an unvaccinated person, and then that's their choice. So I don't think we need to be throwing around terms like moron. Uh, on just the politics of it, it's really something that you got the House, uh, the Speaker of the House and the House Minority Leader uh, that, you know, that far apart. Uh, it's, it's, it's not good for the country. I know a, a lot of people get a kick out of this sort of stuff, and it'll it'll play well both directions on MSNBC and Fox today, but... It, it, it's not doing us any good to be to do this. The one side is the smart side. The one side is the dumb side stuff is just, you know, we I don't know how we get past this. 
We're not going to get it passed with Nancy Pelosi as Speaker of the House. I guarantee you that. But um, uh, how many of the people in the Capitol are actually uh, vaccinated is unknown. This really is only an issue for unvaccinated people. And it seems to me that we've now made the decision that we, the vaccinated, are going to bend over backwards to protect the unvaccinated. Maybe you think that's fair. I, I think it's silly. Let the unvaccinated do what they want to do. But the county I live in has now made it mandatory, and I think it's probably coming to your workplace, county, or state soon. Uh, and it will be back to masks. And uh, certainly for school, and we got into some of the statistics earlier about how unlikely it is a kid can get it, die from it, spread it, etc. It's very, very low. How much time have I got, Michael? Have I got time to jam anything in? Depends what your health is. Been a while since I said that. Uh, we got about a minute. Oh, yeah, yeah, I used to say, how much time have I got? And, and yeah. Michael would say, I don't know, about six months. Right. Which was a better joke before I got cancer. But um, give, me, give me clip four. Let me hear this one. You couldn't buy Coors any place but Colorado. We pulled out this little can and said, we'll have this on our 50th anniversary. It always just got packed up and went along. And we just never really thought about it. We sat down and we talked a while about Dad and about our marriage, and, and then we got out the cores. I was very surprised. I thought it would be full of crap, and it wasn't. <laughs> so it tasted fine. So that's actually pretty touching. A woman and her husband that would have been celebrating their 50th wedding anniversary, but he passed. And so she sat there with the kids, and they talked about Dad, and they had that 50-year-old can of Coors beer, and they drank it. That's pretty cool, and apparently it tasted fine. So that's good to know. You can keep Coors in your uh, garage for pretty much forever and still uh, and still drink it. Um, um, give me six now when they pull over a motorist for say a bad headlight or a defective taillight they'll have the option to give a $25 gift card to help the motorist get it fixed and get them back on the road and stay safe so there you go gift cards for motorists to fix broken headlights I want more of this in the future I want like a $20 Chili's gift card to get me to buckle my seatbelt I want a, you know, like a $50 gift certificate to Best Buy so I have a, the proper inflation in my tires. Um, getting, oh, well, it's gotta be a big one to get my uh, tags updated. If I'm gonna have the current tags for the right year, I think you should definitely give me a $75 gift certificate to Morton's. <laughs> I like, I like the direction this is going. What a weird idea that is. Here's your host for Final Thoughts, me. And I've only got one person to go to because Alex, one of our producers, has been uh, pulled away for other duties and they had to quarantine for COVID or something. Anyway, hopefully he'll be back on Monday. Michelangelo, technical director, your final thought, please. Yeah, just listen to this, Jack. We're remasking remasking vaccinated people, celebrating Olympic athletes who quit. And Mike Lyons today said that China might attack us in 10 years. That's true, he did. Yeah, so we're in trouble. If you didn't get Hour 2 of the Armstrong and Getty Show, check the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. But Mike Lyons did say he thinks there's a a chance China attacks within 10 years. Tax the United States on our ships. Wow, that is absolutely something. So go to armstrongandgetty.com. That's where you can get all kinds of stuff, including clothes. And I know one of the most popular sellers for the past several months has been the shirt that I proudly have been wearing around that says... I'm vaxxed, no mask. 
Well, that ain't going to fly in my county anymore because it's mandatory that you wear the mask whether you're vaxxed or not. So that's kind of a disappointment. Unless I want to get to into a fist fight at the Safeway grocery store, I think I'm going to have to dump that uh, dump that T-shirt. But plenty of other stuff there, hats, T-shirts, jogging bras, underwear, things with our name on it. I don't really want to think about you wearing underwear with my name on it. It's just, it kind of weirds me out. Uh, Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. Buying that gear does help us support the staff and uh, other things. So, And it's kind of cool to have. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. That's also where you go to get the podcast. If you miss an hour, you know, your commute is you get to catch hour two, but you miss hour one or three or whatever, you go to armstrongandgetty.com and you catch them at your own convenience. We'll catch up on a bunch of news tomorrow. I just saw medical schools are no longer teaching. There's a difference between men and women. What? That tomorrow and other stuff. God bless America. Listen up, Jack Wagon. What are you doing? Worst episode ever. That's the fact, Jack. Have you considered being good at your job? I'm done with this. No, no, no. Sorry. I'm rubber and you're glued. Bad names bounce off me and stick to you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's just complete, utter nonsense. You dare to dance in the path of greatness. It was epic. And that's it. Oh, Words. Damn. Whap. 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 Whoa. Whoa. Okay. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.